From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fans. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we are the Forum for the Fans of Bleed Blue Show, the Rain Podcast with Ranger Proud. Uh, Tuesday edition of our hockey episodes. Uh, BleedBlueShow.com is our website. Uh, you can go there for the podcast, BleedBlueShow.com backslash podcast. You can go there for the schedule. But the schedule is pretty much, for the most part, set in stone. You already know, for the most part, during the regular seasons, when they're in session, the Yankees, baseball on Mondays, around Major League Baseball on Mondays, right? Hockey on Tuesdays, basketball on Wednesdays, football and on Thursdays and Sundays, so uh, today's hockey night, Tuesday night here on the Bleed Blue Show, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Uh, listen, I got to be honest with you, it's really hard watching both teams at home at the Garden, Knicks and Rangers. I'll talk about the Knicks on Wednesday, but but tonight's the Rangers, and I, I even said it in the KGYR group. You guys follow us on that platform in there. Like I'm starting to boycott watching home games for the foreseeable future. I was actually surprised that they won the Blues game. I was very disappointed on how they lost and laid an egg versus the Blackhawks on Saturday. Uh, as soon as that game was down, what, two to no- oh, they were 2 nothing, and then the Blackhawks got that third goal because I think Patrick King got that second goal. I turned the game off. I, I just wrote it off. I said, I'm going to go about my day. I that day I was watching a lot of a lot of college football anyway. So at that time when the Rangers were playing, I was watching the Big Ten Championship, Purdue and Michigan. Early in the day, I watched the other games. And speaking about college football, you can check out my episode uh, talking college football uh, on the Anchor app, Bleed Blue Show on the Anchor app. I talked about those games. So just a little quick plug. But anyway, going back to the hockey. I was disgusted at our teams at home. I'm just not interested because it's just they just look flat. And then let's even go back to the Ottawa game. Uh, just blowing that late in the game. And Chuba, you know, the captain that he is, and he's trying to get the team hyped up and fights with Brady Kachuk. And, and what a game for Brady Kachuk. We'll talk about that as well. So let's talk Rangers. And then let's all, we haven't talked around the NHL in a while. So I, I definitely want to touch on later on in this episode around the NHL, uh, other teams, other, uh, other games that's going on. Uh, and, and I promise, I think the next week we, when we come on or within the next two weeks, I'm going to get back into the OHL, give some updates on what I've seen in the OHL circuit. I promise to do better with the lower circuits in hockey, uh, the independent leagues and such. So let's talk, Glenn, man. What's up, man? Scott's out in Vegas having a great time or he's busy with with the cigar sports what's up glenn how you doing man well i'm i'm doing okay steve uh considering what we've seen in the last week uh do we really have to talk about the rangers can we just go right to the league um you know what it's just me and you right now hey i don't have know, a problem with it we can get to the rangers know, later, I mean, but we can, you can do it that way i keep i mean i i keep trying to find some light uh you know something to uh grab onto to say, all right, this team is maybe finally going to, you know, pull it together. And, um, I, I mean, other other than two wins out of the four games since we last spoke, there's not much positive to talk about, even the two wins. Uh, you know, the, the the first Ottawa game was, all right, a, a solid win, pretty unspectacular, nothing, nothing really to write home about. And, 
you know, the second Ottawa game, they turned uh, uh, kind of a, a so-so win into a horrible loss in about a minute of, of playing time. Uh, you did the right thing against Chicago, just like shut it off. I watched it. Yeah, I turned it, it off. Un- it was unwatchable. You watched the entire really you, you watched the, you watched the entire game. And, and yeah, yeah. Believe well. I mean, I had it on. I can't say I was uh, uh, laser focused on it, but I had it on. Um, and then last night, I mean, I, I missed the, the earlier portion of the game, but uh, again, uh, you know, if it, I mean, Bennington looks like he doesn't even belong in the NHL. I mean, that was a gift last night, those two points. And, uh, uh, you know, we're talking about teams, Chicago, Ottawa, uh, that are near or at the bottom of the league, and they're struggling to, to, to beat these teams and losing to them. And it's just the amount of points that they've given away uh, in, in the two months that this season has gone on is just incredible. Um, and uh, you just you, you wonder if they're ever going to pull it together. Um, there's just such a lack of fire, lack of passion. Um, it, it's just uh, – this is just such a different team than what we saw uh, last year and obviously in the playoffs too. Uh, I don't know where that goes over the summer, but uh, – this is just a totally different team with most of the same players back. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've been reading and I've been reading too. If the, uh, uh, if the seat is getting a little warm for uh, the head coach, um, I, I haven't wanted to bring this up even from the time that he was fired. Cause I really, I like him, but you know, he's got a track record of two years, two and a half years and, and things go down the tubes and he's gone. Uh, you know, Early success, and then, you know, it's gone. So uh, I don't know if that's statement. what we're starting to see. I don't know if that's what we're starting to see here, uh, but that's happened in three places now, and this is the fourth place he's coached. And uh, although I do like him, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm always going to tend to blame the players uh, for not being motivated and, and not, not playing well. Uh, you know, these are professional players making a lot of money. They shouldn't need the coach to motivate them. They shouldn't need their captain to do what he did the other day. And good for him. I was really happy to see that. Uh, He was so disgusted with them when he threw his helmet. Uh, That was the best thing to happen the whole game. Um, But these are players that shouldn't need that. They're making a lot of money. They're professionals. And, uh, you know, but I'm wondering now, and maybe we can, when Scott gets on, we can talk about that. Um, you know, was the coach's seat starting to get a little hot? Um, I don't know if they might, you know, I, what I, do you I, think? I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Scott's making this episode. He's out there in Vegas. He's probably going to that golden oh, right. game. Oh, he's been, on. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. No, nah, I don't think so. I doubt it, man. He was all over at the Hoover Dam and stuff. He saw the pictures on his social media. He's all over the place. Oh, okay. guy, having a ball. Oh, living okay. like, as okay. he should, I mean. If the team is struggling, no, I yeah. go on and live your life, you know? All right, let me go back through what you were saying, and then we could go around the NHL. Um, and we'll, we'll bounce back sure. and forth between the Rangers and around the league. But mm-hmm. that's a fair point, what you said about Gallant, and that's true. You know, Florida, Vegas, you know, all these previous stints where he's gotten off to very good starts in that first year and it's kind of fizzled off in that next year, that is something we did not consider in the offseason. How could we? We thought we were on the up. Right. On the right. Um, but my uh, this is like my whole thing, honestly, Glenn, 
And the whole reason why we actually exist, the Bleed Blue Show, this platform, this sports talk platform, we're actually in the uh, reaction. We're we're more reactionary to what happens in the field of play, the ice rink, Mm -hmm. basketball court, football field, hockey rink, whatever. That's our bread and butter. That's why we do what we do. See, the point I'm trying to say is I'm not in the thing of reading rumors. Like, I've been out of that for well over a decade, meaning I don't get caught up on what could happen or what's going to happen based on what was printed in the Daily News, the Times, the Post, whatever. Um, I just don't have that. Me personally, I just don't have that kind of time. Like, I've watched enough sports. Does it feel like Gerard Gallant is on the hot seat? I don't think it's that – I'm going to say no, not right now. I think it's too, for me it's too early, especially coming off a year like we did last year when you overachieved. So I, I, to me it feels like it's just a little bit down than where we need to be right now. But I'm not ready to put them on the hot seat. And then I don't, to be quite honest, I really don't know what those, you know, was being published. You know, outside of whatever RPs, you know, contributing with Forever Blue Shirts and his opinion pieces on Forever Blue Shirts and uh, Empire Sports Media. I don't go any further than that. Like, I actually, what I really do enjoy, Glenn, is what we're doing right now on audio so people can hear this conversation. You know, they don't have to agree with us. They don't even, you know, they can agree or disagree. But the point is, I want people or fans to talk about it because I think we've gotten to an area, and that's another thing why we do what we do. People got too comfortable reading and speculating on rumors. I want to, okay, if he gets fired, he gets fired, and we'll talk about it when it happens. But I don't, I just don't operate my think tank like that, you know, wondering if the coach is going to be fired or not or who should have been traded and this and that. That's that. Um, there was another point you said. Um, but I had to really make sure I was really clear for the listeners as far as, like, you know, like, we're, this is why we do post-game episodes. We talk about exactly what happened at the, at the conclusion of the game. Um, yeah, uh, Brady could shut had the last laugh, and I hate to say it because I know we got the win on in in Ottawa, but the Rangers blew that game in, at home, and you know him and and Truba fighting, and him getting the game. He, first of all, he got the the, the late goal in regulation, and then on top of that, got the game winning goal, and had the fight. You know, as captain square off. You know that was a good way to walk off the ice if you're Brady Kachuk. You know that's just that sucks. You know what I'm saying? Um. I mean, the issue to me is really – I mean, we, we've identified it in depth last week, right, Glenn? I believe the biggest issue is the defense. If we close out the yep. defense in the Ottawa game, we win the game. We get the two points. And a lot yeah. of these games were, honestly, the defense. And yeah, Shesterkin is having a down year. We talked about that. I don't want to repeat what, what was said last week when Carl was on, you, Glenn, and RP – the defense has – that's the number one issue for me. It's just not where it needs to be. And there's always other factors, you know, you know, Kreider uh, not being in that top six and just his production is – we knew that was going to drop. So those are, like, really the big two that stick stick up between last year and this year. Um, anything else uh, you want to say about uh, the Blues game? I, I'll give you this one thing. The Blues game, I'll give it one positive. I didn't see the game, uh, Glenn, as far as live when it happened, but when I found out they, that they won last night, I actually had to go back and rewatch it. 
because I needed to mm-hmm. talk about it just in case we do talk about it. Because I believe, at least if I'm going to talk about it, at least I have to watch it, not just the highlights. Because I went, I was so mad, Glenn. I, I was tired of the home games. I don't, I want to see the Rangers on the road because it feel like it played better on that road when they went on the West Coast trip, even though they had to lay an egg in, in, um, in um, uh, Anaheim after the, after they beat the Kings. But uh, I was so disgusted at this homestand, man. Like the Blackhawks, like I turned it off, dude. It's like. <laughs> Oh, and you did the right thing. I mean, I, I figured that was a win. <laughs> you said I did the right thing. <laughs> um, uh, you did the right thing, Steve, because it, it, I stayed with it, and uh, and I was sorry I did. Um, you know, yeah. it, 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 it was just it, it, you don't understand. I mean, this team's got talent, um, and they're just they're not outworking anybody. Um, they're, they're not getting saved by Igor like they did last year. I mean, some of those subpar performances – uh, Igor was pulling out for them, and that's not happening as frequently this year as it was last year. So, you know, they find themselves in a position where they're, uh, uh, you know, I mean, 11, 10, and 5 or whatever they are, but to me that's under 500. I mean, I, I count overtime and shootout losses as losses, you know. I mean, so, you know, they won 11 out of 26 or 27 games, and that's just not good enough. And, uh um, you know, when when you see some of the improvement of the teams in the division, um, you know, they're gonna it's gonna be a tough battle for them to uh get back into this because the thing is too, Steve, they've played a lot of bad teams. So that means they got a lot of good teams coming up. You know, so it's gonna be even harder to make up those points. And um right. you know, mm-hmm. I mean I I, I just I, I'm just looking for anything to have me be optimistic about this team that they're going to turn it around. But, uh, you know, you see it for maybe a game or a period. You say, all right, maybe this is the point where they're going to turn it around. And then they come up with another stinker against a bad team. And, uh, uh, you know, I just don't – I again, I, I, I don't want to say teams, uh, the players aren't working hard, but they're not outworking other teams like they did before. They're just not. And, uh, um, you know, whether it's – Looking at some of the lines, uh, I mean, I I love the kid line together, but I think they're just not getting enough ice time, and I think their growth is being retarded by that. They're not getting power play time, uh, maybe a little bit here or there. Uh, if Gallant wants to keep them together, then give them, you know, the, the same amount of time that the top two lines are getting. Um, give them more time on the ice. Give them a little more presence on the power play. Um, I mean, I'm overall. I got to say, I'm disappointed in in Lafreniere. I mean, I think he's got the potential. I see, you know, instances of where he looks real good. I think he should be further along than he is right now. Um, and I don't know that I can necessarily blame that on him as much as I can blame it on uh, his deployment. And. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd really like to see, you know, I, we got, I was going to start talking about lines last week and it got a little late. We didn't get a chance to do it. But, you know, some of the mm-hmm. things that we've seen in the last week is, hey, put Trocek on the third line. That's fine. You know, and move Heedle up. Uh, again, I'm going to tell you, you're not willing to stay in the cup with Jimmy Vesey on your first line. I'm happy he made the team. He's been fine. But you're not willing to stay in the cup with Jimmy Vesey on the first line. I'm sorry. So, you got to move him down. You got to move some of the talent up, whether it's Kraftsoff, 
whether it's uh, moving Lafreniere to the right wing, uh, which, you know, hasn't worked out that great, but I don't know if they've given it enough time to work out that great, you know. It seems like as soon as he seems to struggle a little bit or not do as well as, as Gallant wants him to, he's back on the third line again. Um, you know, I, th- I think there's got to be a little more patience with these with these kids. Um, I mean, I thought Kravtsov would be great with Panarin. you got a sniper on the line with a playmaker. Um, you know, Kako, uh, I mean, the poor kid is just – he's had such bad luck to me. I mean – uh, he, he's great at puck possession, but he hasn't been able to finish. And, you know, production is the name of the game. Like uh, uh, Truba said after the game the other night, this is a results league, and uh, you need to have results. And, uh, you know, he, he's he's great along the boards. He's great at keeping, uh, you know, defenders away from the puck, but he's not finishing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they got to start putting guys in the right place. I mean, I, I now – Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if they've really tried this much before. Have they tried putting Kreider on the right wing and putting Lafreniere on that line on the left wing? Yeah, I actually have. I, mean, uh, I have. I have the uh, the data to support what you're saying. Yeah, they've done that um, with Kreider at, at right wing, right, and then um, they did uh, with uh, Lafreniere on the left. They not as much uh, as what Kako is a Benajet and Kako Gaudreau, yeah. but they yeah. did a little bit. But but when VC at left wing, especially with Benajet at twelve percent rate, I actually have I did a little bit of digging before this episode to verify yeah. what I was seeing over the just the last week. I didn't go on any further than that. I meant the two Ottawa games, uh, Chicago and St. Louis. Uh, you know when you were talking about Kratz, I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna jump around real quick. I'm gonna bring on RP. Um, Kratzoff, um, you know, playing with Trocek and Panarin was the highest rate behind, and then after that, we know there's the stability with the fourth line with Gutierrez right. and Sammy Blake and Brzezinski. So, um, but outside of that, it's all, it's been musical chairs. And like you said, it was Kreider a lot, you know, 12% with Goodrow, 12% with Zabinijad, with VC, uh, both, yeah. with both with both those lines at, at left wing. And then Lafreniere, same thing as a left winger with Kako at, with, on the opposite side, whether it was Goudreau or Zabinijad. So it's been, been a little bit of a musical chairs in the top six, top yeah. nine. There's been stability at the bottom um that that last line, but but it, like you said, it, it, we've identified all the issues. I'll get into more of the stats that I've been looking at, and we'll bring on RP. But I just think, like like, like we said last week, the de- the Ottawa game at home is prime example to close out the defense. They close out the that game they would have won last year. They would have closed out the game. Maybe some you know great saves by Shesterkin, great defensive plays by the defense, poke checks and and running guys against the corner. They would have did all that stuff last year. This year yep. they just escaped behind and just and Shesterkin is just not as as sharp. Not as sharp like he was last year to, to save their lunch. That, and that's kind of how I see a lot of these close games where the, the Rangers could have closed it out, but they didn't. RP, what's up? Yeah. How are you doing? It's Glenn and I. Uh, we're running through the lines of over the last week. I got some stats for you guys as far as the last four games. I, I told Glenn, RP, <laughs> that Chicago game on Saturday, I turned it off, dude. Like it, I, To be quite honest with you, RP, I did not even watch the St. Louis game live last week. I had to watch it this morning after I I found out that one because I didn't want to piss you off. But what's going on, RP? Yeah, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch. They did better when I didn't watch last night. 
I just clicked the it? Twitter alerts and then watching the replays. I did not what? watch last night's game after the second period. Yep. I don't feel as good. Wow, what's going on you here? You want to know? <laughs> my, uh, my frustration is, is, is way beyond one win that still wasn't a complete hockey game. You know, they gave up nine goals to two of the shittiest teams in the NHL in Chicago and St. Louis. I mean, they just – I know they won yesterday, but another another game I didn't play 60 minutes. And it was a great comeback, and they played well, and, and this, that, and the other thing. They, they're just playing some of the worst hockey that I can remember this whole three-week period. Yep. You know, I mean, it was great that Gallant finally changed lines in the third period out of probably the most purest desperation any coach has seen though he did it to himself, but he had no other choice, I think, at that point. Um, you want to know, I don't care how much money anybody's playing, if Panarin sucks and put him on the third line for a little while, if Kreider sucks and put him on the third line for a little while. Though I think Kreider's mm-hmm. getting a raw deal, because I don't think Kreider's playing as bad as everybody's saying. And you know me, guys, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest Chris Kreider fan in the world. But I, when you when you look at what he does on the ice and you look at his numbers, sometimes it's like he's playing alone. Because I think of all the guys that are struggling, he is not the problem. Mm-hmm. And anybody who says what he's doing is, is the problem, it, it's crazy. Because in 27 games, 23 points and 13 goals, it, it's a good season. It's a good season in 27 games. I don't. Look, he's not going to be another 52-goal scorer like last year, just like Chesterkin is going to have that save percentage like he had last year. They were too high on top of the mountain. You could only fall. Let's, let's be honest about it. Chesterkin has fallen a lot more than Kreider, but I, I think Kreider's playing fine. I think he responded when the coach moved him. And it doesn't mean if you're an $8 million man or an $800,000 man, sometimes you need to kick in the ass. Move Panarin down if you have to. I thought Zimbanejad with Kako and Lafreniere was just different. Whether it worked or not, I mean, he scored Lafayette and, and, and that worked out, but you've you got to show the other team something different. It's lunacy just to keep putting the same lines out there over and over and getting the same result. I don't, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to change the lines up. Don't you want to try to shake up the whole – I mean, the whole team. Have you ever seen a team really slump the way the Rangers have? Everybody. Top to bottom. They're just playing like horses' asses. It's amazing. And not not all of them. You know, Fox is playing well and Lindgren always helps us. But as a team, as a 23-man unit, they just shit in the bed. And there's no reason for it. When you look at that team on paper, there is no reason for it. All the excuses you get, oh, they're skating hard, oh, they're trying, they're just all excuses. Go on the ice and play the game the way you're supposed to play it. So I'm I'm at a little different level than everybody else because – I'm tired of excuses, you know. Uh, we're supposed to be looking to go deeper into the playoffs, and here we are in December, and I'm like, are we going to make the playoffs? Not mm-hmm. what we really expected to be, you know. And I, I've said this the last couple of weeks to Steve and, and everybody else. If this team doesn't get their crap together really fast, Galanta is going to be the one on the chopping block early because Drury will not accept not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you guys, if this thing comes to mid-January – and we're five, six points out of the, the wild card spot, he's going to have to make a move. And I'm not saying that it's going to be Barry Trotz. I'm going to say you have to decide right now in these next four weeks, 
has Gallant lost the locker room already? It's happened in all those other teams, but normally not this quick. Mm-hmm. Has Gallant lost the locker room? Because he is unwilling. He's the anti Elaine Vigneault. If you think about it, we used to always dish up. Vigneault would change a line in two shifts. He would change the lines up. Yep, they're not working. Seven minutes into a game, change them all up. Gallant is the opposite. Oh, it'll come together. Oh, it'll come together. When, when, when 27 games enough that it's not coming together? So I don't – I just have a different taste in my mouth about this, how the season's gone. When you look at that mm-hmm. team on paper – and think about it, guys. How different is the team today than this exact time last year? So forget all the acquisitions made for the trade deadline. Okay, so you didn't have Cop and we didn't have Vetrano yet. We had Strome, and, and that, that's one thing. But other than Strome, this team is not that dramatically different to be playing this bad this year. So you have to ask yourself, why? All the other teams didn't get that much better. I think the Rangers were expecting easier opportunities like they had last year. Last year looking like a fluke. Easy to puck one in that for the Rangers how easy they were able to play defensive hockey and get back. You look at last year to this year, and it's like two different tales. It's two different stories. And I, for the life of me, couldn't even fathom what to do to correct it. I think it all comes down to those guys on the ice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> hey, Glenn said a good point. Glenn, you could repeat it, what you said earlier about Gallant, the trend. Uh, I'll let you take the you know, yeah, thunder. What, you go take it back. Yeah, RP, what? RP, when we first came on, um, you know, I had mentioned the fact that uh, Gallant's history is a uh, quick start in the first year, and then by the second year or two and a half years, he's out. And, uh, you know, I, di- I didn't want to think that. I, I mean, you know, I can say this all I want, but when he got fired, I was like, oh, man, I hope we're not going to have, like, a rerun of Gerard Gallant. I'm going to hope that this is the, the place he's finally going to settle in. But, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the history of that happening in three places already, it's got to be in the back of your mind. And, oh, it's definitely in the back Steve, of your mind, too. Yeah, I said, look, hey, uh, these are professional hockey players making a lot of money. I don't believe that they should need a coach to motivate them, but you do see it happen time and time again. And, uh, you know, I'm going to blame the players for this more than I'm going to blame the coach. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned what Truba did the other night to try to fire them up, and even after it worked for like two minutes. They yeah, because they didn't feed off that. Yeah, they didn't feed off the hit. Yeah, they scored a goal in two minutes. You're like, all right, something, and then they had a, a lousy third period. So even that and, from and you their captain. Go ahead. Right. No, you're right, but the, the difference is, is that the coach is the one that has to find the chemistry or has to – Push, yeah. you said, we said last year that Galan pushed all the right buttons to get the team to excel. This year, it's like yep. he doesn't want to look at the dashboard. Forget push the buttons. Yeah. You, you can't be so steadfast that, that last year's combos are going to continue to work this year when everybody's struggling. Yep. You know, and, and then you have to look at the reality. And, and look, I'm, I'm 53, and I've seen a lot of range of hockey, and I've seen a lot of bad first-round draft picks or busts. And you don't want to say it. Kako just may not be the NHL player he was compared to when he was in the minors. He does a lot of good things, but he just doesn't have the scoring touch. I mean, how many posts is the kid going to hit? 
Yeah. How many I mean, scoring opportunities he's going to miss. You know, that, that wraparound yesterday when he went in between, he went around the net and he had the puck in between the goalie and the post, and the goalie still somehow got his hand on it. Goal scorers score that goal. That That's one of those, yeah. he's got the speed and all, but the puck just doesn't go in the net. And no one wants to use the word he's a bust or anything like that. But, you know, somewhere along the line, but look, Steve, look at look at Kravstov. You and I thought the Rangers should have taken Oliver Walsh from right off the bat. And when they didn't, we were like, what the hell is this? And it took time, but Walsh mm-hmm. was playing really good hockey in, at the Islanders now. He's played more NHL games. He's been more committed to the system. He hasn't gone back and forth. You look at Kravstov in the other way. Yeah, he, he's played all right the, a couple of games since he came back. But And I've said this all along. He is not the scoring prowess that everybody thought he was going to be. And to me, that is a first-round bust. I just don't think he he has it. Not, not yeah. that he can't play in the league, but I don't think he's that top six forward that everybody thinks he's supposed to be. We saw Elias Anderson, and look, he got sent down the other day. Where was he in L.A.? He got sent to the minors again. Sometimes yeah. mm-hmm. it, it doesn't pan out, and there's nothing wrong with it, but they make yeah. it like there's a problem with it. Not every player but, is going to be great when he comes in. You see it in the NFL right. all the time with, with quarterbacks. All the time we see it with quarterbacks. You nailed it, RP. He's a guy that won the national it. championship and can't throw a five-yard plant. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's what the game is. And, you know, I don't think Lafreniere is a bust either, but I think you can't keep putting him to the third line, to the first line, to the second line, to the third mm-hmm. line, getting nine minutes a game today and 13 games, minutes tomorrow, and then go, what's wrong? How, how does he find his group? Mm-hmm. Put him somewhere and use him. I think they should start tomorrow night with the balance on censoring him and Kako. You could always change it. Nothing's that in stone. But if they play really mm-hmm. good in the third period and you came back and won, tell me, why would you change it? Because Kreider should be next to Zimbabwe? No. It's, it's how you win. It's not who the Congress are. I don't care if it's VC, Gutierrez, and Sammy Blaze scoring 10 goals. It's been at the number one line, as long as they're scoring. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't like this whole. This is where they're supposed to be. But can someone tell me why Gutierrez can't get a shot on the third or second line? Mm-hmm. Why is he? I've been very as a fourth-line winger. is a good hockey player. He needs touches, you know. He needs to get the puck on a stick. And they don't. Well, they won't move him at all. Well, RP, let it, me it, ask you it, a question it, about that though. Because we, we were talking about that uh, a little earlier, too, before you came on, about uh, deployment. Um, you know, I love the kid line together, but they're not getting enough ice time. They're not getting enough power play time. Um, I mean, I, I want to see these guys get moved up and, and get more time. Mm-hmm. So how much of it do you blame on the player, and how much of it do you put on uh, player development and, and, and uh, uh, you know, how much time they're being given by management to succeed? Um, you know, you look at uh, uh, you look at Jack Hughes on Devils. I mean, he went to a bad team and was able to play on the first line and the first power play unit right away because it was a bad team. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Kako came in, when Lafreniere came in, the Rangers were already pretty stacked in the top six. So how mm-hmm. much of it do you that blame the on the player and how much of it do you blame on player development and deployment? Oh, I, I think it's 50-50, but it all comes, to me, it all comes down to Gallant. It, it, yeah. it, uh, if you want to give Lafreniere more ice time, 
well, guess what? You're the guy that can give him a rice farm. But the problem with Galant is that he's he's in a spot. He's got blinders on. So I have to keep Panarin and Trocek together. I have to keep Kreider and Zimbanejad together. Well, now you're limiting everything. Mm-hmm. Now, now you. What do you do now? Gidel's a center, so he's got to stay on the third line then, which is understandable. But now, what do you do? So we have seen Kako on one side and Lafreniere on the other on the first and second line. We've seen that he's really hooked on VC on the first line, which I've already vented about that crap. I have nothing to say yep. on that. But yep. so the coach is the coach is now taking the confidence out of the player because mm-hmm. he broke up the kid line because nothing was working. They did they, what they had to do, and it, it didn't pan out. They weren't scoring anyway. Then he puts the kid yep. line back together, and guess what? They're not scoring anyway. So yep. now in that aspect, even if they're not scoring, the kid line should be getting offensive pressure like they did in the playoffs last year, and they weren't. But this is a whole – this is quicksand. They have failed yep. so deep that there is no confidence on any of the lines. Yep. There is, there's none. There's no confidence on line. There's no confidence on defense because you kept rotating Hayek and Jones in because – this year, Gallant didn't want Hyatt to sit out so much. Well, then why did you even bring Jones up? Because mm-hmm. you wouldn't let Jones make a mistake without benching him. And that's not what it was supposed to be about. It was supposed to be bringing another rookie defenseman in and he'll have the growing pains the way Schneider did. And you didn't give that because you had Hayek. Why this organization is so high on Lebar Hayek is beyond me. Mm-hmm. And not that I don't like the guy, but he is not Chris Chelios. He's not Adam Fox. I, I don't I, I don't understand it. So on that I blame the upper management. But on the the, the guys on the ice, what, what you were saying, the players got to take the responsibility for not finishing plays and scoring goals. And even if they're not scoring, poor defense is a five man unit. That's on the players. Yes. But at the end of the day, Galanto we said when he came here, I don't really have a system. It's hockey. Keep the puck out of our net and put it in their net. They play horrible defensive hockey. Now, that might be because Gallant doesn't have a good system. You know, when David Quinn was here, his centers had to play two-way hockey end-to-end because he wanted the center with the defenseman in the corners and behind the net and then going the other way. You don't hear nor see that as much with Gallant. The center's only coming down to the halfway of the circle, maybe a little deeper. They're, they're a little bit free-zoning it and then trying to break back out. And then you get all those horrible, horrible turnovers. And three guys are out of the zone, and it's a three-on-two all the time or a two-on-one. Again, horrible defense. They chip the puck like I've never seen before. They give a possession of the puck like I've never seen before. You know, I'm used to – I remember when Mark Messier came here. That man would never dump and chase. He goes, why am I giving Mm -hmm. them the puck? Mm -hmm. Why am I giving them the puck? He goes – you know, sometimes you got to dump and chase that. Understandable. But your priority, the majority of your system, they wouldn't dump and chase. Now, not every team can do that. I, I understand that. But when you look at the ranges, if they're battling on the sideboards, and I remember this last week, Truba gave the puck up, Carpenter got the puck on the corner, against the Islanders, pass it in the middle, and two ranges skates right into a low two-on-one before Chester can even move that was in back in the net. Mm-hmm. Right, how do you, right. How do you not know where you're putting the puck? Right, why is what I'm saying. Is it is it that you're not good enough when you have pressure on you? Is it you don't know what to do with the puck when you have it? Why are we turning over the puck this much? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, and yes, you know, just, Herb Brooks, yeah. Herb Brooks, when he used to be a, the Rangers coach, had something called the blue area. It was about two feet before the blue line and two feet on the other side of the blue line, which was the absolute worst part areas to turn a puck over because your offensive forwards are breaking out of the end. You give up the puck, and you turn it over. So, so all they do is turn the puck over there. Yeah, you're right, man. Um, the turnovers are a killer. The defense has been subpar, and I think that's the the biggest issue that this team has had. I looked at all the stats, guys, and and it's like they're like they're they're about at what the league is the league average is offensively and defensively. But there's sometimes but lots in the games, the, the turnovers, the defensive lapses lapses come at crucial parts in the sequence in the flow of the game, which like the bat breaker, like versus Ottawa, things like that have happened all season. I was looking at a lot of the stats, like, you know, the PK percentage, where we at versus the league average. We actually bumped up up a little bit. The save percentage uh, is kind of on par with the league average. Uh, save against is is, is, uh, is uh, on the par uh, on the par with the league average as of right now. The power play has dipped, and that was kind of like our bread and butter. I would say bread and butter, but that was our catalyst when the five on five was not really, uh, you know, it could have been better this per se, right? But the five on five this year uh, is you know it's just not a it's still it's still not as where it needs to be based off the talent that we have this year. Uh, well, the actual goals against, the scoring chances. They actually had good scoring. I know Carl brought it up last week, but when I looked at the, the deeper of the analytics of this team offensively. The, they do have a good high danger rate, but sometimes it's just not going in uh, at the rate as it needs to be. So it's been a combination of bad breaks, terrible turnovers, poor defense, um, leaving, you know, Shesterkin higher dry. He's just not as thorough like he was last year to bail him out. Um, you know, we talked about, a little bit about the power play. Has it been at the par? Uh, then, then you add on to the fact that, like we said about Kreider, just, you know, career year, just not there. Who's going to pick up the slack? And that's a very good point about Cackle RP. And, and you, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head. There's really nothing you can do because if you go back to that job, that's exactly who you draft at that, at that, uh, that slot. It's not like the situation like you mentioned with the uh, the Oliver Wallstrom uh, uh, selection, or you should have selected, and you went with Kratzoff. Different scenario. You get the guy who think who's ready to play in a couple of years, you bring him up. Where that's what I thought when we had those jazz shows at the time. So you're right about that. I agree with you about that. But with the Cackle uh, last year, you know, with the pick and then Lafreniere. The following season, we caught good breaks with uh, high draft picks. That's who exactly who you pick in the draft. It just has not worked up until this point or just to the rate we think we should get at the value at top draft picks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's really – yeah, I mean, that's that's my only – offensively, this is my – this is how I look at the Rangers, man. And, and, and you guys kind of talked on it, and that's what I'm hoping on. I can't, I can't predict it. And I go back to you, Glenn, and go back to RP. If the defense – see, defense to me in any sport is about will. If they can figure out just tightening up the defense, uh, it never really was good, like great last year anyway. They were a two-way team. If they could just bump that up a little bit, and like you said, RP, be better with the puck. They're terrible with the puck this year with, with the turnovers. If they could clean that up, 
then, you know, maybe we could get a little bit of string of wins here and there and try to get back into the upper part of the division. And, and I think that's the other factor that's really bothering us as Rangers fans as we look at teams that are in the mix where we are. Because I think the biggest thing is what we didn't, you know, we didn't give the props to Jersey. Like, the way they've been winning. It seems like every night they're fucking winning. You know what I'm saying? We didn't expect that. The Islanders, I think a lot of Ranger fans or a lot of hockey fans didn't think the Islanders would be back. And they're right there in the mix as well, as well as Carolina, who's kind of, it's like, to me, Carolina, it feels like they're going to turn it on at some point. And then my thing is, are we going to be up there to turn it on? Because to me, they've been up and down as well. And they're right there in the mix as well. I just think they have a lot of upside as well. But, uh, Glenn, what are your thoughts? Because I, when I look at the stats, they're league average, and that's kind of what they're, they're at the league average on damn near most of the advanced stats, offensively and defensively, but that's kind of where the Rangers are. They're not really blowing away any statistical category. And that's kind of like how I read them based off the standards versus, you know, each, you know, each stat offensively, defensively, analytics, uh, basic uh, stats, so on and so forth. Yeah, well, it's just like you say, Steve, they're at league average in a lot of the analytics and a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, categories in the NHL, and they're at league average in their record, too. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're middle of the pack. They're slightly under 500 uh, in the games that they've played. Um, now, I don't think all is lost. I think there is some uh, something to say about the fact that they've been shooting in a lot of bad luck. I've never seen so many teams hit as many posts as they have, uh, not only this season, but even in the last few games. I mean, what did they have? Uh, uh, was it the Ottawa game, I think, the second Ottawa game, where they hit like four or five posts? Um, so, you know, as Carl said last week, they're getting those high-danger opportunities, and if they can just start converting on some of those, uh, you know, turning a, a 2-1 game into a 3-1 game or – uh, extending the lead or, you know, uh, uh, coming back from a, a one-goal deficit, um, I think they can be okay. The, the one thing that does concern me is a little bit, I think the last time I looked, and, and you can probably confirm this for me, is that the power play is really like middle of the road. And uh, last year this team was really kind of built on, on three things to me. Uh, they worked hard, the power play, and uh, Igor. And mm-hmm. none of that is really happening so far this year. So I'm not going to lose hope that any of those things can't come around. We've seen it before that, that they have done that. But the problem is you look at this team right now and you're grasping for anything to give you some optimism and you're just not seeing it. Um, so I think that's what concerns me right now, that other teams are uh, you know, not quite pulling away. They're still – you know, in the mix there within a few points. But, um, you know, as we know, points get harder and harder to get as the season goes on. Uh, a couple of teams get on a hot streak, and all of a sudden you're 10 points behind them. And uh, it's going to be a tough fight for them to get back into, uh, you know, into playoff position. So that's what concerns me. This is something that they got to figure out really soon. Um, you know, I understand what RP is saying about, changing up lines when you try to shake up things and give a different look and everything. I totally understand that. Um, but I'm also a proponent of keeping lines together and let them develop some kind of a chemistry as well. Um, so, you know, I mean, we're, we're in a position where we've got 
three left wings that should be in the top six. So unless somebody's going to move to the right wing, I don't know how you make that work. <laughs> uh, we talked about that even last year. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I would be good with – I mean, I haven't seen a chemistry with Trocek and Panarin that you can't split them up, not like it was with Stroman and Panarin. So, fine. You put Trocek on the third line. You, you can still put him there. I mean, if you – if you were to move Kreider down with him and maybe Kraftsoff, leave Kako and Lafreniere up with Mika, uh, or, or play Kraftsoff up with uh, uh, Panarin and um, Heedle, which I still think if, if Kraftsoff is the type of sniper that everybody says he is, he'd go very well with Panarin. And then if you have a third line of Trocek, uh, a Trocek, Kreider, and maybe Gauthier, and then you mix and match the fourth line, whatever you want it to be. But like I said at the outset, you're not winning a Stanley Cup with Jimmy Vesey on your first line. You're just not. And I think they got to find a way to put the right pieces in the right places and just leave them there for a little while and see how it works. I understand all the mixing and matching and moving guys around. Gauthier, uh, Gallant's been doing it all season. And where are we? <laughs> so... Maybe it's trying to try something different and have a little cohesion between the lines. I don't know. Uh, But uh, I just – I keep looking for something to be optimistic about and haven't found it yet. All right, RP, anything else you'd like to say, man, as far as the lines? We were talking about that earlier with the mix and match with Kreider, Goudreau, and VC, or VC, Zabinijan, and Kreider. And then, you know, the the draft picks with Offenier and Kako opposite Goudreau and Zabinijan. Anything um, you'd like to add, you'd like to see? Um, and then, um, like Glenn was talking about, uh, you know, that trend, where, which was actually is kind of like an elephant in the room. Hot, you know, first year in Florida, hot in Vegas, second, third year, kind of fizzle off. Like, that's kind of his, that is the track record with Gerard Gallant. And um, you're right about Drury, man. What are your thoughts? I want to know why they didn't bring up Louis Dominique yet and sit down, send down Halak. Yeah. Your backup yes. goalie could be one, <laughs> yes. one, what are these, one six, and I don't know what he is. He's got one win in December. We were talking about a backup goalie needing to get at least 20, 25 points for the team. It's not even going to come close. I don't know what they're waiting for on that either. I don't know what this team is waiting for from an organizational standpoint. Sometimes you need to be the aggressor, whether it's trades, coaches, sending players down. You cannot just keep putting the same people out there every game and expect that in one day someone's going to snap their fingers and things are going to be all rosy like last season. The league's too good. Well, the other teams are too good. There are no crappy teams in the league. Hell, the Rangers can be considered a crappy team in the league right now. And that's sad, considering where they've come from. So, you know, at the end of the day, we talk about line combinations and, and, and a failure to, to find a chemistry or a bond or whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, only the head coach can make those moves. And if he's trying to make those moves and it doesn't work, well, then, all right, then it's on the players. Keep putting these same line combos out all the time. 27 games of, I don't want to say failure, but of struggle. One of the worst five-on-five teams in scoring. Now the power play doesn't score. Well, guess what? You need to change the whole outlook. You need to put money aside and pride aside. And at the end of the day, it's about getting Ws. And he does not seem willing to do it. You know, you can knock David Quinn all we want. 
But if David Quinn didn't believe in something, he just went and did it. He didn't give a damn who he was. You know, and, and that worked well for a while, and then, oh, the kids aren't getting playing time, this and that, and, and went out the window when when everything happened with, with Gordon and, and J.D. But this is a day-to-day, game-to-game, you have to adapt. Period to period, you have to adapt. Nothing stays the right. same. Everybody's faster, everybody's smarter, and the Rangers seem to be getting left on the wayside all of a sudden with that. Now, I don't know if that's the coaching. I don't know if that's the players not willing to put the effort and the work into it. You know, you got a kid, Panarin struggling. You need to move him around and get his scoring going. You don't just let him stay out there doing the same crap over and over. Take him off the power play for a little bit. Put him, I'm not saying put him on the third line, but move a winger around. Move him up to the first line a little bit. More often, I think they've done that once for a period. The coach's job to make it all come together. It's the coach's job to try to find those right combinations to at least get the ball rolling in the right direction. Can't keep taking steps backwards. All these home losses are going to mount up when it comes to the end of the season and we're on the road everywhere scrounging to make a wild card. And I, I don't know what conversations are in the locker room. We're not privy to any of that. And by your fall, the team hasn't gone into that meltdown collapse and, and all that things you see in other locker rooms when teams are struggling. So you've got to give Truber and the whole Ranger committee kudos for that. But somewhere along the line, something's got to give. Something's got to give. Otherwise, we were just going to win every couple of games and, oh, what a great comeback, and then lose three and four in a row. You know, now you go to Vegas and Colorado, and if you don't at least split that – and a split really isn't good enough, but, you know, we don't have great success against Colorado, though they don't have Nathan McKinnon now, so that's a little bit mm-hmm. in our favor. But, you know, Gorgiev's going to be starring and go looking like Ken friggin' Dryden again when he plays against us. <laughs> in Vegas, we're not that successful in Vegas. Uh, you know, they're making it so much harder on themselves. Oh, and then let's not forget we played the Devils Monday night, who, like, all of a sudden can't lose. You know, they're just... <laughs> Playing, I mean, they're just playing incredible. Yeah. Even the Devils are the Rangers last year. Even when they lost the game, then they bounced back and went three, four, five. Remember last year the Rangers didn't lose three in a row, I think, once the entire season? Yeah, the Devils are in the same spot. You look at so the Devils ask, this year, you see the Rangers last year. Arby, let me ask you this. But why is that the case in the NHL? This is the only sport that does that where you literally could go to the next season and the team that was really dominating through the regular season will do a 180 and the team that was really struggling is like winning now. Like we could point to Vegas. Because for the, the Jersey. For the, in my you could point to a lot for of the these most part, the, Boston. The National Hockey League probably has the best minor league system in sports. And they give their players, not all the time, but a little bit more time to develop. Wallstrom with the island is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Don't throw him to the wolves. Give, give him the time that he needs to learn our system. Heedle with the Rangers. They didn't send him down when Heedle begged Gorton to keep him up. He played the season in the NHL. They let him develop. They let him learn. He grew with the team, and he got much better. I mean, look at here now. When, he's so excited when, he, when he's out there and he grabs the puck. You don't know what's going on. It's great. And I think in hockey, overall, a team can turn it around. First of all, the GMs are much smarter. A lot of the GMs are a lot of ex-players. Stevie Eisenman, for a perfect example. Took him a long time. He knew what he had to do. And it takes time. With the Rangers doing the whole rebuild, 
you have to be willing to put that kind of effort into rebuilding your team and taking the losses and dealing with the fans bitching and, and money and all of that. But you see that here. You don't see that in other sports. You know, you can say a football team's rebuilding, but the football team doesn't have time to rebuild in a 16-game season. They have to do it on the fly. All right? Not, minor league baseball is not the same. Each organization has one or two really great players, and they don't come up right away, and the rules are so different, and that's why you don't see it. And also you don't see it in, in baseball as much because the luxury tax is a bunch of bullshit because the top-tier team that are paying $190 million for a roster can pay the penalty and go over the tax, and nobody cares. But in hockey, this is why I think the salary cap works, and a lot of people don't like it, but it keeps parity. It doesn't matter who you put on the ice. You only have, 80, what is it, $81 million in salary. That's it. You need to fit that puzzle, and it's that jenga, you know? You need to, to make the puzzle all work and all line up to have success, and I think – you know, we think it's from one year to the next. I'm sure the New Jersey Devils don't think last year they were horrible and this year they're great. The Devils are horrible for a couple of seasons. We'll, we now see the positive side of that. Before then, we were talking about it when they rushed us over there as the Devils. They're not doing anything. We would just run over them like a lot of teams did. But towards the end of last year and now this year, two, three years of hard work brought them success. Same thing, you know, Colorado. They were always a good team, and then they really started to put together two, three years ago when they are a top-tier team. And that's why I think it works in hockey and why it doesn't work in other sports. Your minor league, you know, if you don't have a minor league system, so basketball is out the window because the D-League is, is not minor league system. Football doesn't have any sort of minor league system. And baseball's minor league system isn't utilized enough because of money. So between minor leagues and hockey, and salary cap, I think it keeps the playing field level. Look at this season. Ottawa's better. Not 100% better, but they're better than last year. Detroit's better than last year. The Devils are better than last year. You see a lot of teams that struggle now even, which makes it great for hockey. I don't care what anybody says. You don't know who's going to win on any given night. There are no blowout, massive blowouts. There are no, no, this team really sucks and all. For the most part, the Blackhawks have been in limbo because they don't know what they want to do. Trade Kane, don't trade Kane, move Tays, don't move Tays. We're rebuilding, we're not rebuilding. Well, you know, until you make a firm decision, you get what the Chicago Blackhawks have today. St. Louis, St. Louis is really good. They made a trade, they won a cup, and then all of a sudden it fell apart on them and they're trying to bring it back. That's going to happen in sports too. But I think with the Devils, we see them as a great team right now. But they put a, a lot of bad seasons together to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Good for them. I mean, they're going to make the Rangers play better or they're going to get the little bias again. You know, when the Rangers took that 2 nothing lead last time we played the Devils, it felt like last year. If the Rangers were down 2 nothing last year, we were like, we got this anyway. We got this anyway. 2 nothing's nothing. We're going to score five goals easy. Hell, that's what I saw the New Jersey Devils do. They had that swagger. They had the mm-hmm. speed. They had, yeah, we're going to come back. Never show fear. Never show worry. It was last year's Ranger team. So made yep. it. It's exactly the same thing. Go on, Senator. Mm-hmm. Because that's who we were and that's who we need to get back to. But if you don't score goals, you can't get that swagger. If you don't, you know, if you were playing crisp hockey and losing, you'd be all right with it, right? But turnover, the turnover, the lousy penalty killing, poor goaltending, bad decisions. How can you have confidence? 
when you're doing that all the time. Not just once in a while. I mean, in 27 games, guys, what did we play? Five good hockey games? If that Open tonight. You know, like you might have won. <laughs> right. You, you might have you, you won. You might have won some games you should have lost. But if you really sat down and looked at the season and said, how many games do you say from top to bottom was a good full 60-minute hockey game? You could probably count it on one hand. Yep. And that, in a nutshell, of all of this, that's your problem. Guys, I can handle losing. We've lost for years. But the way the Rangers lose hockey games and blow leads, we were in a shootout with the St. Louis Blues yesterday. Well, that's the defense. There's no place to be in a shootout with the St. Louis Blues. Did you say the Islanders played the Blackhawks after we played the Blackhawks? I was embarrassed that we lost to the Blackhawks and gave mm-hmm. up five mm-hmm. goals. That, so it's got to be fixed. It's not going to go away by putting the same thing on the ice. Make a trade, bring up some players from the minors and scare the shit out of the veteran. I, I don't do whatever you got to do. But stop doing yep. the same thing because it's getting us no wins. Yeah. All right. Listen, boys, it's right. 9 o'clock. I got to cut out to go do something. I yeah, we're, we're wrapping up. Yeah, let's wrap up. Yeah, we're um, going to wrap up. Yeah, final thoughts, RP. Anything uh, from uh, any articles? Uh, anything nothing you wanna, on the right uh, part. I am, I am going through a writer's block frustration period of my life right now, boys. <laughs> I'm hoping you can always start a war on Ranger Twitter. You can always start a I, war on oh, Twitter. Ranger's Twitter is easy because I just go everybody jerks and sign off. Ranger's Twitter is <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> now. <laughs> I can't I can't arrange his Twitter. <laughs> after the last game, I didn't even, after last night's game, even though we won, I didn't even go on Twitter last night. It was horrendous. And they're right. You know what's yeah. funny? Most of the time, they're right. But the fans, I always tell you guys, Ranger fans are smart. You know, they could say stupid things and have opinions and all, but overall, they're not a dumb fan base. They're all saying the same thing. Make some moves. Change your lines. Yeah. I, I go with that, but I'll get back to writing when the world settles down a little bit. But until then, just keep following me on Ranger Proud on Twitter and Facebook and here on the great podcast with Steve and Scott and from Glenn and everybody's around to call. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Hopefully by then, well, by then we have three more games. Who knows what mood I'll be in by then, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk on Tuesday. That's, we'll talk. Actually. We'll talk. Shout out to RP. We'll uh, thank you very much, RP. Uh, Glenn, we got about one minute. If you would like yeah, to, um, final thoughts, Rangers, and if anything, really quick around the league. And I will stay on real quick after the uh, as, after we conclude, we'll talk. Final thoughts from Glenn. Yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, the Devils, there were some rumblings last year about that they were getting better. And I got to admit, I was kind of a non-believer. I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I don't watch get their games. But um, there were some rumblings that they were going to get better. Uh, this year, and you know, Lindy Ruff had some had success in Dallas. He kind of became a laughing stock after that, but uh, he has had some success. He's always been a defensive minded coach, so you know, I can't say I'm too surprised with uh, what they're doing. Uh, they picked up Vanacek, who's been playing outstanding for them. Uh, so that's uh, one thing. Their goaltending got shored up. But the other thing is, remember, I mean, they were bad for ten years. Ranger fans aren't going to put up with what the Devils fans did for 10 years. I mean, once the Devils beat the Rangers in the Eastern Conference Final in 2012, that was the last you saw of them until this year. And, uh, you know, so it's not really comparable to say, well, we're seeing the, the rewards of what the Devils did. Ranger fans aren't going to put up with that for 10 years. Um, and the, the only last thing I will say is, 
and I, I hope this doesn't isn't the case, but maybe it will be. Um, you know, you guys are a little bit younger than me, but this kind of reminds me almost of the 92-93 season. Uh, in in 91-92, Rangers won the President's Trophy. Mess won the MVP. Leach won the the, the uh, Norris. Uh, everybody was like, all right, this is the year. that Now, that, now we're ready to go. And 92-93 was the year where they underperformed. They just never got going and totally missed the playoffs. And then, of course, 93-94 came next year. So, you know, we can see what happens. But this is almost starting to remind me of that because I, I, I remember that. I had season tickets then. That season, you just kept waiting for them to 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 pick up, to, to get going. Geez, Mess is the captain. We got Leach. We got Richter. You know, how can this be happening? And, uh, you know, we were still holding out hope until March, and then Leach broke his ankle getting out of a cab, and, and that was like the end of it. And they didn't make the playoffs. So this is starting to remind me of that, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope they turn it around, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to remember that. So that's it, Steve. That's my final thought. We'll see where we are next week. All right, cool. Stay on real quick. Um, the Rain Podcast with Rain po- Ranger Proud, Glenn, RP, myself, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. I didn't get a chance to get around the NHL. Uh, Glenn, real quick, I'll, I'll just bring up one of the points I wanted to say around the NHL because we didn't talk about it because that game was after our episode last Tuesday, that 9-8 mm-hmm. shootout in Los Angeles with the yeah, Kraken and yeah. the Kings. I mean, you're talking about no defense, man. Uh, I oh. really wanted to talk about that. I mean, we're we're bitching about the no defense for the Blue Shirts, but damn, yep. I mean, the Kings and, and the Kraken and literally uh, just didn't care. They were playing air hockey in Los Angeles last Tuesday night. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. I think he's phenomenal. Wow, player, yeah. man. We got, we, we got to see a little bit of him. But you know what? We'll hold off uh, maybe next Tuesday, get into more of that around the NHL, have a little bit more time. Glenn, stay on. Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify Stitcher, iHeartRadio, The Great Ranger Proud, The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, with Glenn R.P., myself. Shout-outs to Scott. Be at the game in Vegas, Mariana. Sangre Azul, ladies and gentlemen. Bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.